Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, where we're going to dive into the mysterious world of plastic surgery. My name's Alex and each episode I'm sitting down with the respected surgeons Dr Richard Bloom and Dr Kim Taylor from Replastic Surgery and we're going to ask all the hard questions that you want the answers to. Moist and not coming in saying I want to look like Posh Spice or Pamela Anderson. And so it can be quite life-changing for them and um, we see improvements in their self-esteem, their confidence. If someone's had good work done, then no, I don't, I don't believe it is obvious. If you're having a breast augmentation, you know, you don't want to be going to the plastic surgeon who does road trauma. These days, most people spend a good part of their day on social media. So it's not going to come as a surprise to most of you that platforms like Instagram and Facebook play a critical role in the plastic surgery journey. Today we've got Dr Richard Bloom and Dr Kim Taylor from Replastic Surgery again with us this episode and they're going to discuss the power of their online medium and how influencers are having an impact on trends, the types of surgery that are happening and what looks good. Welcome Kim and Richard. Hi Alex. Hi Alex. Well, today, of course, we're talking about the most important thing in the world, <laughs> social media. <laughs> um, I think it's the average person spends six hours a day. Is that all? Oh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> How many hours do you spend a day, Richard? Minimum, mate. Wow. That's like a day of work. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I guess how relevant is social media to what you guys do? Yeah, I mean, it's become very, very relevant. It's uh, people, I mean, it, it's, but it's not, a, it's only a shift away from where we were. So people have always sort of aspired to different appearances from magazines and Who magazine, People magazine, Vogue magazine. And it's just now the intensity, you know, instead of being a weekly or a monthly, it's hourly, minutely um, sort of thing. So it has changed expectations. And I kind of love it and kind of hate it as well, all at the same time. So I love it because it gives people people so much more information. People, it's much easier to do research for um, patients that so they can see what different surgeons are doing. But I also hate it because it, it becomes very easy for someone who's not experienced to have the appearance of being experienced. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, how good someone is at the surgery isn't measured by how many followers you have or how many likes you get or how many photos on your Instagram. It's much more about experience and number of cases that you've done and proper before and after photos. So I love it because it gives us a a, a way of communicating with our patients, Mm -hmm. but I hate it also how it's being manipulated and setting some unrealistic expectations for patients as well. Mm. I think, yeah, definitely the unrealistic expectations is a massive thing. Um, and we, we see patients that come in all the time that all have photos from online. And the same, as, as Rich said, from magazines in the past. And you know, those, those photos have been manipulated and digitally um, enhanced and mm. smoothed out and um, since forever. And I actually remember going to a conference oh, oh, five or six years ago probably, and it was a magazine article and... Um, there was a plastic surgeon with a um, an image of someone that was pretty beautiful, but and said, you know, what could they do for them surgically? And then there was a um, 
a, a photographer guy who does editing for magazines and just went zip, 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 and you know pulled in the waist and did mm. lots of tiny tiny little things that um, made the the photo and the person you know inverted commas more beautiful mm. um, but most of those things would not have been surgically achievable yeah. um, and so realistic. people aren't even starting off looking at something that's realistic and possible absolutely so um you know and it's it's hard for us to try and portray that and say look you know this is a beautiful person but it's a beautiful person that's actually then been further digitally enhanced um whereas most of us are pretty normal and you know there's things that we can achieve surgically but there's an awful lot that we can't like you know skin imperfections and all those things that just get ironed out really easily and um and a lot there's a lot of apps and software that that you know the average person can now do their own um photo editing um for instagram and whatever other um social media to um to make themselves look however they want really Mm. um and it doesn't you don't need to be that professional photographer to be able to achieve those things now in terms of trends that you guys are seeing that patients kind of want to come in. What what are you seeing that's being driven by the online? Well, I think we, we've talked in other episodes about about the butt. We probably don't need to <laughs> go down that path again. But yep. sort of, th- there is that trend for a much bigger butt yep. um, and and bigger curves. Uh, so we we do see that um, lips also. So uh, people seeing seeing lips and lips can be done really well and lips can be done not so well um and i mean and good example is everyone's probably watching or has watched at some point master chef and that that episode where they do where everyone gets the same ingredients and they've got the same and they've got the same recipe and they've got to make the same meal and it, it always comes out different for every single contestant and someone gets booted off so it's the same it's the same it's the same with lips like everyone's using the same product okay yeah but when you if you do it right, it looks subtle and it looks full and it looks youthful and it looks good. And you've got somebody else down the street who is um, maybe doesn't have the same aesthetics, doesn't take as much care, doesn't have as much integrity, and they're putting in three times the volume of, of what you would recommend. Uh, same product, exactly the same product, and it looks terrible, looks mm. unnatural, looks spooky and weird. Yeah. Another thing that you guys have mentioned before I think we should talk about is side boob. Like before Instagram, that was not Who'd a heard thing. Of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think those sorts of things, uh, side boob, under boob, cleavage. Cleavage and, and all of those things, as Kim was talking about before, all of those things are open to manipulation on these photos. So if you have a look at our our, our website, our Instagram, we we have a mixture of photos. So we do be- proper before and afters. Uh, we do have some patient-generated photos as well. We have some glamour shots as well. But there's a mixture. And, and we do that because people want to see what it looks like in, in bathers and, and clothes. But how getting that really, really – the hard thing is when someone comes in and says, look, I want a cleavage like this, and they show you a photo – of someone in clothes with a plunging le- neckline and you just have to tell them, like, underneath that is is gaffer tape and they're being pulled together. Yeah. Now, we can 
give you that's better. That's not just surgery. That's no, really it's <laughs> not just surgery. Great bras, maybe digital manipulation as you well. Know, or, or, or photos of, of women on their sides and so their breasts are naturally closer together. That's not the – that's manipulation. Mm. And so that's where social media is not great. Um, I mean, there's a role for that, like, but you need to be clear to patients. Like, that's the look they they're not getting that look when they're standing up, no tape, no no clothes, no bra, and they're they're standing up straight. That's what you've got to compare. Yeah, and that's when you know the photos that generally we would show patients in the rooms are, are clinical photos that we take in our photo room, and they are they can be really confronting the the before and the after. So even a patient that's super super happy with how they look when they look at themselves when they look in the mirror, you take a clinical image of it where every little thing, tiny little asymmetries are a lot a lot more obvious and. You know, our photos are trying to show their scars because it's a documentation type of thing. It's not trying to hide those sort of things. So, um, tummy tuck photos, we put the the pants or the um, the really sexy little paper g string that we give our patients to wear for the photos. We put that low so that for those photos, we're actually documenting their scars. But you got to show a prospective patient, oh, this is what your scar's going to be like. And they're often like, oh, God, this looks high and it's really, really long. And it's like, well, yes, yeah, it, it's not high, but it, it, it's it's long. Um, and these photos are done to actually show you realistically what it's going to look like. Yeah, we could show um, bikini bottom and the scar completely covered up and you've got this perfectly flat, smooth. Um, and sure, we show, we, you know, have, there is that content as well, but it has to be realistic to be able to showing, showing off um, what the reality of having surgery is like. One of the things that I have noticed is that you scroll through um, Instagram and there's obviously a lot of some, some different surgeons, some influences. There's a lot of glamour, 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 glamour. And not really reality, but just looking at your Facebook page, you've actually got a whole community of women that are posting photos of themselves and sharing their journey. You know, some some cut out their face, some are happy with their face doing, but you've actually got a real mix of women that actually seem like they want to have a positive influence for other patients. Transformation Tuesday, Alex. So uh, yeah, we 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 uh, look. We love it as well, and the patients love it. And we've got now so many patients who just love sharing their experience and helping p- upcoming patients coming for their surgery. Though someone did a post, I think today, saying calling for who's got surgery coming up because they're all so excited because the bands are all being lifted, mm. and they want to help people <laughs> people through it. Uh, so yeah, so we've really diverged our our social media away from you know, just glamour shots because, as Kim was just saying, that's not just the reality. It's it's a component of what you do get, but you, you need to understand the scars. You, you need to see it in consistent lighting. Um, I think if you're looking at someone's Instagram page and all you see are sort of black and white fancy photos, uh, that would be a red red flag, an alarm bell. Uh, you you want to see some actual clinical photos. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that brings us, we should probably touch on that there is it is a reality, I, I think it might be illegal, but it is a reality that there are doctors out there that uh, offer discounts to, to women and as long as they get promotion. I guess, how do you guys feel about that? Uh, yeah, well, I, I what you said is, is it's illegal. It's, again, 
against the APRA, which is our governing body, um, like what used to be called the medical board, but the overarching um, authority over doctors. And um, it's our, our responsibility to behave ethically and to not be offering patients ever inducements to having surgery. And that it, it's a huge thing. And so we would absolutely never, ever, ever um, pay for someone's surgery um, in exchange for um, promotion, um, give them free surgery or offer them discounts in exchange for them promoting us. So any images that you see on any of our social media, on any of our websites, they are real patients that have always been real patients for full fee paying. Um, and well, I think we've had, we've had a guest in... Um, previously, and you definitely weren't paying her, but she was singing your praises to Richard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you know the these patients are amazing um, for what they do for um, you know their self promotion and how their surgery has clearly transformed them and their lives, and that they are genuinely actually often wanting to help other women that are making decisions and to go through that journey as well. And so, you know, we are, are so grateful for those people to be sharing. And um, also we're aware that like we've got our own um, Regirls Facebook page that you mentioned, but we're also aware of, there's lots of other closed forums that we are, are not part of, in that, but we know that our patients are on those and talking about their journeys as well. And the other things is that that patients then are connecting sort of behind the scenes and they're having private messages with with each other. Sometimes they're even meeting up if they've got appointments on the same day for the follow-up. They're meeting up and going for coffee when you can. Um, And uh, they're really, really supporting each other, which is phenomenal. And what Richard just mentioned about the the dates for surgery and some of them are like oh yeah you know I've got a surgery buddy we're both having um you know whether the same or different operation but on the same day and I know on uh, in about four days time I think Richard and I are both operating but at different hospitals and so you know these patients are kind of will be messaging each other about how they're going during the day and the next day and mm. um, even if they're in adjacent rooms in the same hospital that they may so they never may not... ever meet wow, each other yeah. but they're like they're surgical surgery b- b- buddies and yeah um so it's phenomenal that and the the patients that have had surgery or are going through surgery to be able to support each other and describe things that we we kind of don't necessarily get to the same degree we can we can give the our medical opinion and the perspective from our experience and what we see but it's not neither of us have gone through those procedures um, ourselves so and do you find we've obviously talked about the two major platforms which are Instagram and Facebook. Facebook. Do you find that kind of people go to Instagram for their for their inspiration and then Facebook for the information? I've not heard of that before, but that's that's pretty good. I, yeah, possibly. I came up with that. <laughs> Top of my head. Oh. You need a new job <laughs> in marketing, Alex. <laughs> well, I think that's true. I mean, Instagram is far more uh, photos and images, and and Facebook has moved more into sort of news and information. So I, I would agree with that, mm. and we found that with our Regals, the closed group that we Facebook group that we have. Yeah, um, and you see it in other industries as as well. Well, that seems to be where the supportive communities are for, mm. for women. Just yeah, I mean, fa- fa- he's a smart guy, that Zuckerberg guy, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah Instagram's a bit more, you know, just scroll, 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 like. 
Uh, but, yeah, I mean, with the influences, there's good reasons why the medical board have those rules. We had someone contact us this week asking about co- a collab. So, oh, they want you to collaborate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which we know what that means. So I, you know, I had to explain to her that w- we just can't do that and there's good reasons for doing it. It's not like buying a pair of runners and if you're not happy, you just take it back. Had uh, she mentioned that she had success in this with other... Practitioners? No, 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 no. Mm. She, she, she actually had had been a previous patient and now wants some more surgery. And first time around, yeah. she wasn't as uh, she didn't have as many followers, and now she's got more. So I explained it to her, and I said, "Look, we're happy to see you for a consultation. Uh, I'm not sure that she, she, I'm not sure whether she will or whether she'll mm. go somewhere else. Mm. Some, I mean, someone will take her up on it for sure. Mm. Yeah, they they throw enough, um, you know, bait out there, and there'll be, you know, potential. Well, actually, well, that brings us to the topic of if this is there's all these pictures out there, how do you figure out whether they're a good doctor or a bad doctor? Because marketing is pretty... Yeah, and it, you you can have a look. I think we may have actually talked about this once before as well mm. in terms of websites, and um, it's really difficult and you really have to know what you're looking for because there could be a doctor that has a website that calls themselves a cosmetic surgeon. Um, I do breast augmentation, I do liposuction, um, but really have no surgical qualifications. So you really have to know... What you're looking for, because those those websites might be, you know, far better than the than um, other practitioners, plastic surgeons that have less glamorous website. Mm. Um, so the things to look out for are um, uh, FRACS and a brackets PLAS after that. So that's our um, fellowship with the College of Surgeons that we're actual plastic surgeons. So there are even FRACS people that have different letters after their names that then to divert their attention to do um, plastic surgical type procedures. Um, Membership of like our specialist society, um, so that's the Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons. Um, There are many, anyone can open up their own society. So again, if there's lots and lots of letters, check what the letters after someone's Mm. name is and what that society actually is and who they represent. Um, before and after photos, that that can be a tricky one because, um, again, online they can be manipulated. Um, the, there should be a relatively vast library of before and after photos, um, whether they're on a website, on um, social media, or when you have a consultation that the, the doctors should be able to show you other photos of their own work as well. And the photos should be consistent so you often see newspaper was a classic for the um you know i've had this um amazing fat dissolving treatment and there's like this dark black and white photo that's really distorted and then this glamour yeah sunny um fake tanned and all the things and it's like that's probably not even the same person um so the photos should be consistent taking similar lighting um similar angles and you should really be able to tell them it's it's the same person. It's the actually it's the same the, person. The, yeah, they had, had those sort of enhancements. But that's one of the reasons why. Obviously, Kim, what she's saying about qualifications and things. I mean, that's the baseline. And you can also look up hospitals and make sure they're accredited facilities and things like that. But in terms of us and how we present to the community, it's one of the reasons why we've moved more to um, engagement with the with 
patients outside of our practice, so doing live videos and doing the podcast. And I think if you see people, if you see surgeons who have a presence across a number of different platforms that are all very different, I think that also gives you a little bit more reassurance so you can see them talking about a procedure on a video. You can go onto a live, you can ask them questions directly, Mm. hear us talking to you as an independent person, read articles that we've written about blogs, see photos, see actual before and after photos, watch a heap of videos. We kind of try and present ourselves in a whole lot of different ways. So you you might be able to fake one of them. Mm, It's much harder. two, Mm. but like five, like you're not going to be able to sort of fake all of that. Mm. Well, we've obviously covered uh, Instagram and Facebook, but the the new social media darling, TikTok – yeah, are people using that? Look, I mean, our as 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 practitioners, you know, we want to try and engage with people, and there's definitely a trend um, of it started off, you know, dancing and younger kids, but the trends are definitely that it's being more, uh, it's being utilised more. Just as 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 everyone's parents went onto Facebook, everyone went to Instagram, and as everyone went onto Instagram, uh, as parents went onto Instagram, everyone went to you have to help me Snapchat. out here. Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> um, the and, young kids and, are going there now, Richard. You know, and, and so now there's everyone's now the old, there's a much bigger cohort of, you know, 30, 40, which is our demographic going to TikTok. So, yeah, I think, you know, we've we've got to be versatile and, and, um, and, and communicate with patients where they're at. So, yeah, it's something that we're definitely going to be looking at. TikTok is actually a video medium as well and there's yeah. there's not as much um, plastic surgery stuff out there, I guess, on social no. media, which is video-based. So that'll be an interesting space mm. to watch moving forward. Well, look, I found that very interesting. I hope our listeners did. Again, if you have any topics that we have not covered and you want us to cover, please get in touch with us um, through the Facebook page online um, or the Instagram page. Thank you very much, Richard and Kim, for joining us for another episode of Keeping It Real. Thanks for having us, Alex. Thanks, Alex. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keeping It Real. To keep up with our next episodes, go and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you have further questions or want to take the next step, visit www.replasticsurgery.com.au or follow Re on social media. 